Welcome to Neighbor of Spotlight. I'm Carol Malone, your host. Thank you for joining us today. Neighbor of Spotlight is sponsored by Neighborhood Connections and the City of Cleveland Cable Television Minority Arts and Education Fund. Neighbor of Spotlight showcases citizens making positive contributions to their neighborhoods in our city. My guest today is Mr. Julian Kahn, community leader and activist, a Clevelander who loves his Buckeye neighborhood. He grew up on East 119th Street in the Buckeye neighborhood, not far from his grandparents' home on Rose Hill, where he would visit daily after school until he was a young adult. He attended Our Lady of Peace Catholic School, K-8 through grade, and graduated from Benedictine High School in 2001. Because of his expertise in community knowledge, he has been sought out by organizations, institutions, and residents for his leadership, input, and support. He was instrumental in facilitating common ground conversations with residents for the new Simon Grocery Store located in the Buckeye Plaza, as well as other community projects. He is a trusted community leader and advocate who strengthens community, promotes neighborly conduct, and challenges initiatives and boundaries that may not serve the community or residents. Mr. Kahn has received numerous awards and recognition for his contributions to his community. He continues to live, work, play, and worship in his beloved Buckeye neighborhood, and he is a member of the Neighbor Up Network. Welcome to Neighbor Up Spotlight. It is so good to have you with us today. <laughs> Thanks for having me. You're welcome. But first, let's start off by saying congratulations on being a new dad. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I know it, it's been a week, and I'm sure you're, you know, you're, you're excited and sleepy. <laughs> um, yeah, to say the very least, you know. I'm, I'm happy to assume the role, though. I feel like uh, in community, I've been a, a surrogate to a few. I've always called uh, some of these kids, uh, like my sons, yeah. you know, S-U-N. And, and yeah. you know, we just want to see him shine. So I'm happy to uh, start a new path with uh, with my own son. Oh, yeah. It, it's a it's a it's 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 going to be fabulous. And like I said, the time is going to go by five fast. <laughs> <laughs> so enjoy. I got my running shoes on. Yeah. So I'll try and keep track. You're going to need it. <laughs> so let's get started. So in, who inspired your spirit for activism and advocacy? Um. I don't know if it's a who, but uh, if I'd have to say anyone, it would ha- it would most definitely be my mother. Yeah. Um, my mother is uh, was a, a community activist. She's a a, a, a um, social worker, homeless uh, advocate. Um, she's uh, been that that uh, she's been my north star uh, as far as like what to care for and how to advocate for people. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was a young kid, uh, she was the um, uh, the director at uh, what's now the Norman Her Women's Shelter. At the time, it was still women's shelter, mm-hmm. but that was where I was spending my uh, Christmas break. So, wow. you know, while kids or friends of mine were, you know, um, um, blowing in their uh, Nintendo cartridges and stuff <laughs> like that during the holidays, I was there really kind of getting a slice of life and a, and a yeah. phenomenal grasp of, uh, of um, you know, how the world can be uh, for for some of the adults, you know, so... Right. Yeah. You got a chance to see, you know, some some real parts of of what it's like for people who don't. Yeah. You know, yeah. have some of the things that you have. Yeah. And it's a culture shift for um um for kids. And yeah. you know, um all of a sudden it kind of recenters what's important mm-hmm. um and uh where you work and and it really breeds empathy. Uh I don't think that uh <laughs> I think that me being an empathetic person that I am or uh is you know directly related to being the son of a social worker mm-hmm. uh it's, it's impossible to not to 
for that relationship to not breed empathy. But even uh, like she um, moved into the neighborhood um, early 70s or so, and uh, um, uh, she, she was a part of the Buckeye Woodland Community Congress. I mean, she was always uh, really active. And um, and again, you know, it's uh, and I always say an old broom knows where the dirt's at. Not to call her an old broom <laughs> by any standards. I love her. But uh, believe me, I mean, she really helps to kind of correct my path and remind me that, you know, things repeat themselves. And sometimes it's just a language and the situations to change, but the intentions are always the same. Yes. So she really helps to kind of center the work and keep me on path. And, and she's new, newly retired. She's still in the neighborhood. So, no, you know, mom. yeah, shout out to her. So, <laughs> right. and, you know, you got uh, you, a free daycare, right? <laughs> I didn't say that. That's just a joke. Right. But um yeah, I mean it's it's just been really great. And I think that um, you know, just being able to share like even more space with her and like collaborating and, and just ideation around like things that are going on in the neighborhood, it's been just a it's it's been a godsend. It can't come at a more opportune time, especially for the neighborhood that we call home, you know. So that's wonderful. Yeah. So now why is it important for people to get involved in their neighborhoods and probably now more than ever? Well, I'd say 2020 vision kind of allowed us all greater perspective on what's going on in the, in, in, you know, outside of our uh, social bubbles. Yeah. And um, I think that that just seeing, seeing something uh, kind of begs you or puts you at a fork in the road. You can be a bystander or an upstander, yeah. not to say that anyone is more valuable than the other. I think that it's important for there to be spectators as well. They can see things that are that in, in from a different perspective that you can't see, you know, you, you, you see from where you stand. Um, but I do think that it's important for us to, uh, activate and overstand uh, where, where we kind of overstand what's going on. Overstand is kind of like my, um, the difference between lived experience and maybe something that you might have read about mm -hmm. and have a good grasp on. I think mm -hmm. it's um, what I have a phenomenal grasp on is what's going on in my neighborhood, mm -hmm. what my neighbors are going through, what's mm -hmm. proximate to me. Mm -hmm. And I, um, for me personally, like that always begs for my immediate attention. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want to tell anyone what they should be doing, but right. you know, I, I think that we should all, you know, if, if, if something's uh, if you can't stop thinking about something, you shouldn't stop working for it. Exactly. I like that. Now that's a slogan. This should be on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see if I know someone who makes shirts. <laughs> right. uh. So for 20 years, you were with the Cleveland Public Library at the Harvey Rice Branch. How did that experience impact your commitment and love for the residents and particularly the children in the Buckeye neighborhood? Yeah. Um, I spent uh, maybe 14 of those years at, at Rice Branch. And uh, the later, the latter half, I, I spent with uh, uh, working in outreach and programming services, where we were going to uh, um, spaces where um, we're in service gaps. Um, so we were going to uh, childcare uh, facilities, um, developmentally different uh, facilities, uh, senior buildings, um, and I think that that work, um, the. Uh, that being a destination, I think the on ramp was the work that was that I was doing at at, at uh, Rice Branch. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of it wasn't necessarily in my job description, um, but you know, if I was done with my work, I'd whip out my laptop and and, create, and you know, I'd just show kids how to make beats or something yeah. like that on their on their laptop. And um, you know, most of the time they'd follow me home or something, <laughs> or a couple of them actually lived on my street. So you know, yeah. uh, closing hours really didn't mean much, but. Um, I'd say that those those times at Rice Branch 
um, were really most important to me and really uh, I, I held dearly in my heart. Number one, because I, that's the branch that I grew up in. Yeah. Miss um, uh, Strong uh, had it, she was the children's librarian when I was a kid, and um, every, she had her hands on every one of those those kids that came through that door. And so I have fond memories of her putting books in my hand. Um, I have. Um, I, for me, I, I just think about her uh, role in that neighborhood, and it really kind of set a standard for um, kind of the f uh, family and familiar experiences uh, that we were extending to folks as a staff there yeah. um, as she re had retired. Um, I'd say when I first got there, 80% of the staff were from the neighborhood. And so our reaction to things were, yeah. were, were different, and the way that we uh, would love on, on, on the uh um, patrons and, and kids that would come on there was different. Yes. Um, and I spent time in other branches or whatnot, and it's not a knock to anything. But again, you know, just to kind of reiterate what I said earlier, we were all proximate, and we called that space our home. Yeah. And so it, it just it took on a different meaning, and it was something that I just didn't take lightly either. Um, I just love being in, in space where I was crossing path and able to just kind of have deeper relationships. I mean, yeah. it's not, I've never really, I know a lot of people, but I've always been like a qualitative relation, like what's the quality of the relationship, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I always pride myself on really going deeper and in, 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 instead of like wider with relationships. And so Harvey Rice uh, and Rice Branch um, really allowed me um, the opportunity to go deep in my neighborhood. Now, um, I remember canvassing a few years ago and there were some kids who uh, I was at McDonald's and uh, there were some kids who busted through the door and it was almost <laughs> like riotous or whatnot, right? They were going to start a fight with somebody that was in there. And I realized all of these kids <laughs> were like kindergartners uh, <laughs> from the library. And so I was able to kind of, once they kind of, yeah. you know, snapped out of their blackout moment or whatnot, yeah. I was able to kind of rationalize with them and talk to at least two or three of them. Yeah. And it just makes me realize that, you know, those roots are still there. Mm -hmm. um, storms make trees take roots, and, and here we are. You know, yeah. um, where I'm able to still um, say something to them. Uh, there was another instance on my street. There was a young man who was um, um, who was killed, and oh. uh, we had a memorial right before one of my Buckeye Summer Soul Series mm -hmm. events, or afterwards rather. And uh, um, you know, we were they, well. You know, they were releasing balloons or whatnot, and there was you know tensions are high. We just lost someone. Mm -hmm. You know, and. Uh, I remember getting in between, uh, and I didn't realize it until somebody sent me the uh, the Facebook video. I was like, what are you doing getting in between those guys where they were riffing and, and you know, whatever they were doing? In my eyes, they were still those kids from the library. Like, right. I didn't think twice about them being whatever they are now. Right. Um, and, and, you know, I just think that um, love is necessary. You know, love will go places where fear won't. That's and um, it's it's just really important for us to extend and lead with love. And, you know, it gave me a great opportunity to do that and really center myself around those principles. That is so true. So tell us about, because you've already given out two good slogans now. <laughs> tell us about your apparel, Cleveland Over Everything. Yeah, um, Cleveland Over Everything started off as a blog. Um, I uh, like to consider myself as like a bi, like, by coastal Clevelander, I'm fluent on the east side and west side, so I know right. that's a bit of an anomaly. <laughs> um, so I really want to market that because, yeah. like Friday evenings, like right around this time or so, uh, we get a not to timestamp this. I hate doing that, but uh, you know, on a good Friday or whatnot, I'd get these uh, text messages: Where should I go to eat? What should I, you know, what, what's a good place to go to for this? Where's a, you know, right. and um, I really want to create a destination for that, and so I um, created a blog. Uh, 
uh, on my lunch break at the library. I don't. I got one. Well, that's a great thing about the library. I got one of those. Uh, t- how to do like a website for dummies or something like that. <laughs> I could do it again, I don't think, but uh, the 35 minutes, I made it work. You know, I had a website up and running. So, um, you know, we rode that wave and, um, um, you know, to kind of help um, uh, market the website, I produced some t-shirts. The first slew of shirts were, uh, they got a little bit of attention, mm-hmm. um, but uh, the second batch went viral. Okay. And um, the slogan was, I'm so Cleveland. <laughs> and um, so people started doing these like viral, th- like, I'm so Cleveland. I, you know, I miss this and that, or I eat corned beef sandwiches at breakfast or whatever, you right. know, you think is a Cleveland, <laughs> is intrinsically Cleveland or whatnot. And uh, that was really kind of the springboard to shift it everything. I started producing more and more shirts and I realized I just wasn't... Um, um, I wasn't paying the right amount. It wasn't, you know, fruitful for me as a business or whatnot. So I formalized a lot of relationships with printers as, as subsequently. And, um, you know, just those, seeing those relationships mature and, uh, yeah. I'm just having a good grasp on, on what, uh, on, on how to print things or whatnot. It, it really created a short on ramp for me to just start doing it formally. Okay. And so, yeah, here we are now. Um, what's funny is that I don't even blog anymore, you know, <laughs> and now I'm just printing stuff That's and doing awesome. business cards and all okay. sorts of random things. So okay. you just never know. You just right. got to honor the calling. You're, you're absolutely correct. Yeah. Now you describe yourself as an epic visionary growing through the cracks of a broken society. <laughs> Please expound on the meaning of that phrase. Uh, yeah. So that was definitely, uh, something I would, uh, hold on to. Now I just say that I'm planting seeds in the crack of a broken broken society and praying for rain yeah Um, (laughs) praying for rain i like that but the uh you know what i i think the most um important aspect of that is that um you know there's this american tapestry that we always talk about and you you always kind of hear about neighborhoods being diverse i'm sure my neighborhood would be described as being diverse to a lot of folks Mm -hmm. um but how does that diversity coexist Mm-hmm. And um, so for me, the cracks in, 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 in the tapestry or maybe the tears in or where or rips in the tapestry are like right at the rapid line um, where there's Buckeye and then there's Larchmere. And mm-hmm. then I feel like that's kind of where things kind of they start to change, where yeah. value gaps exist and, and um, the, the you know value of life and, and property and, and your time and all of those things. They, 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 you know, it's like getting into Bizarro bizarro world if anybody's a superman fan or something but um you know it's just an alternate reality where things just don't matter as much or certain things don't and um i've always kind of considered myself being in the fringe of those sorts of perspectives Mm -hmm. um and um i think that that always grants me a a pretty unique perspective you know that Mm -hmm. um i'm um i'm always looking to kind of bridge gaps and and be the peacemaker you know that's just who i intrinsically am so well that's um, a good thing yeah, but, you know, being a visionary is just the um, permission to dream. Yes. And a lot of folks don't necessarily have that, and dreaming is planning. Yes. And, uh, you know, ideation is really the, the foundation of anything great. And um, I think that that's also a luxury. And so when I think about just being a visionary, it means that I've been in the fringe, but also enjoyed the luxuries of being in that fringe. Yeah. Whereas I've, I've got friends who, pardon me, are, right. um, you know, uh, they had to... They just have to work with whatever life has given them. They may mm-hmm. not have time to 
uh, considered it, oh, this is traumatic or mm-hmm. this is, you know, this is or even they have time to process it, mm-hmm. you know. So mm-hmm. um, cycles are created and, and normalcy is created for, through those cycles and, and so on and so forth. And so I really kind of saw myself at, at that point as like kind of being in the fringe and, and, and being a change and, and a change agent and, um, you know, just kind of forcing uh, or challenging what normalcy looks like. Yes. Yeah. So now, what inspired a greater Buckeye Facebook page? Because it's a great Facebook page. It's got a lot of good information on it. Yeah, it could say and have a lot more, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, what I felt like was the narrative was controlling us as a neighborhood, mm-hmm. and we weren't controlling the narrative. Um, there was a uh, story the other day where, you know, there was an, an, uh, one person who, uh, and, uh, who spoke out about something that they didn't like, and, but uh, how it was articulated was that it was a number of people in the neighborhood and they were upset and this mm-hmm. and that and it wasn't necessarily true. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. what was has always been offensive to me is um, just the function, like the common functionality of news media mm-hmm. um, that um, that these, uh, well, just in keeping with what I've been talking about, you know, what's proximate to you and, mm-hmm. and what's the quality and, and how deep are these relationships. Um, there, there's always uh, um, room to offend uh, when you where you don't understand, mm-hmm. and um, that and overstanding is it's going to grant you a whole lot more leeway, understanding and qualitative uh, representation. So um, that was something we were aspiring to, and really helping to kind of build the capacity of neighbors around us to uh, tell their own story. Yeah, and um, so that's what's it's again, it's just permission to dream. You know, where does the spirit po- spirit of possibility live? And it's generally generally uh, amongst uh, neighbors. Yes. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I just wanted to try and create something new and, uh, and different and something that would at least um, shine a spotlight on uh, what's been disserving us. Well, I encourage our listeners to take a peek at that Facebook page. It's got a lot of good information. We're, we're actually working on a, um, on a small docuseries this summer. We'll be doing some asset mapping and those shorts will uh, turn into or culminate into a, a documentary where we uh, will be capturing uh, some of the uh, creation and sustain sustaining of the uh, green spaces in the neighborhood okay. and even challenging some of the ideas of these uh, of the neighborhood right I mean are these blighted spaces or are they prime for oppor- or prime opportunities exactly um, are, are there emerald necklaces that are being formed all throughout that space exactly. uh, but if we don't really um, put them on a platform and challenge the uh, perspectives on it you know they, they'll always be uh, discarded and uh, in a state of degradation yeah well you know I, as we talked in the previous conversation you know I'm I, you know, I love the neighborhood too. My parents moved into the Ludlow neighborhood in 1960. Yeah. So I was a little kid running up and down Buckeye. And, you know, I remember we were talking about all the businesses that used to be on the street. And, and then even before moving to my two favorite neighborhoods and was the Glenville. My parents were moved on uh, Empire in 1947. Yeah. Shout out and Glenville. I, yeah. Right. <laughs> and I love the, I, in the 9507 Empire was where I was born, you oh, know, right. and it's, and it's still a, a nice street. Yeah. I always love the parks and the houses. So. You know, I definitely, you know, still love my old neighborhood over on uh, Albion Road. Yeah. Ham. <laughs> <laughs> no place like home, right? Right. Now, what is Buckeye Business of the Network and the Buckeye Road Refresh? Um, so Buckeye Business of the Network um, is um, it's a series of meetings that we've been having. Uh, you know, COVID presented some challenges, to say the very least, yeah. to everyone. Um, but one of the things that it really disrupted was some of the community building that we were doing in, in uh, Buckeye. So generally, we have a neighborhood network night, which was always deeply restorative for me. And that uh, was organized through uh, Neighborhood Connection, Neighborhood Network. And... Um, 
it, it's uh, just so many fond memories and just so many things were spearheaded, connections were made in those spaces, and uh, you know, not being able to meet in uh, in, in that way uh, yeah. really kind of you know it, it created some bumps in the road, you know, to say the very least. So, um, business of the network is actually a portion of the um, of that format of the uh, of the neighbor up network night. Um, Usually there's a marketplace and a new and good and, and business on network and bumping and sparking. Right. And so we took a uh, business of the network um, because uh, just based on, you know, people who spend a year in isolation, uh, there are things that are uh, of their immediate concern. And uh, we want to honor those things. And um, we also want to keep folks um, in a safe space where they don't feel like committed to having to be in a, you know, let's say if you're everyone at this point is kind of at a, a like varying degrees of comfort with like being right. out in public, you know. And so right. asking someone to commit to being in one single place for, you know, two, two and a half hours or whatnot. And they're eating and they're doing this and that and your mask got to come off and this and that. Like that's a, <laughs> that can be a lot. So right. we've been meeting in open okay. spaces and really trying to carve out space. Um, where neighbors can kind of build power, collective power. Yeah. And um, so the, there, it's awesome to kind of get things back up, uh, uh, you know, in full motion again. But, um, you know, we're, we're looking to form a fist here. That's you know? good. And, and, and what is the Buckeye Road Refresh? So Buckeye Road Refresh was, um, it's, the, uh, it's a project um, with a, a few different uh, professional groups. And so I was helping out with uh, the engagement of it. Mm -hmm. um, but um, city planning, uh, um, Seventh Hill Design, Karpensky Engineering, uh, we all got together to uh, with a community to develop plans for uh, Buckeye Road. Okay. And so um, those plans are actually slated to be uh, presented in front of city planning uh, commission for approval. But... Um, you know, we were able to talk. The last time Buckeye Road was repaved, redone, uh, I was in high school. Uh, I was wow. 17 or 18 years old. Okay. And I remember that process taking two years. I remember being late uh, so many times that I got suspended. <laughs> and uh, granted, my friend uh, was the was the driver. He was on the football team, so he didn't get any detentions. <laughs> but I got a ton of them. And I got one for every one that he wasn't supposed He should have gotten also. Uh, but just for being tardy. And so, you know, just in kind of having that experience as a student or someone who was trying to navigate that space, then, um, you know, I, my experience was marginalized because no one ever asked me what I wanted out of this space. Yeah. And so this time around, it was really exciting for me to be a part of it because I was able to go to all the schools. You know, we right. went to, we reached out to Sunbeam, we talked to Harvey Rice, we went to uh, Intergenerational, we went to Benedict, and we talked to everybody. Um, and that's where a lot of the, uh, um, some of the ideas came from. Um, so there's, uh, like ideas around parklets. Um, they wanted to bury a lot of the, uh, or get rid of a lot of the, um, 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 the light poles, which mm -hmm. weren't serving the neighborhood. They were mm -hmm. something that was just up, just standing there. Mm -hmm. They they weren't connected to anything, you know? So, mm -hmm. um, really it's, it's, uh, what I like to think of is, uh, it's, it's kind of, uh, well, I guess refreshing, refreshing mm -hmm. the, the yes. street, the block, yeah. you know, and it's, 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 um, it's overdue. You it's, know, it's way overdue. Yeah, it's just way, way overdue, which brings what's a perfect qu next question is, what are your impressions of the Buckeye Road Renaissance Mr. Master Plan? I remember some years ago they did a, uh, they brought in some guys. I think they were from Texas. Remember over at Harvey Rice and they had people come in. <laughs> I participated in that, too. And, uh, and, and you know, 
there wasn't really any real follow-up. So what are you? What are your impressions and your hopes for this new Buckeye Road Renaissance Master Plan 2021? Well, you know, I, I kind of cringe when um, folks like may label me as like a leader or something like that on any capacity. I feel like I'm a follower. Okay. And I feel like that's what we're tasked to do, right? It's <clears> like, where, where where's the beat of the drum going? Like, where do, what do people want? How do we support one another? Um, and I think that that's the question that we all have to ask. Um, I think that there's something that's um, kind of common uh, amongst, like, uh, in professional culture, whereas, like, we are bringing this, uh, we're, we're bringing the... Uh, the renaissance we're only only we are capable of such you know or, or we're we're uh making this possible and i think that that really kind of besmirches all of the uh output of the residents that have created life carved out a life and living in those spaces for umpteenth years you know mm -hmm. uh um so there's uh my hopes is that it would f follow and not lead yeah um but you know i also understand that um it's important for us to again be those north stars in, in a lot of these spaces you know so if we don't have organized it's always going to be organized people against organized money mm -hmm. if the people aren't organized <laughs> yeah. then it's going to be hard to kind of stop these freight trains from coming down your neighborhood you know yeah. so i think the most important thing is is like how do we kind of center our perspectives and what we want mm -hmm. and uh, just ourselves as assets you know yeah. there are a lot of folks that need to be uh that, that have spaces that need to be developed there are dreams that need to be uh, yes. uh supported and Buckeye uh, really needs to be i mean it's you know there. yeah i mean from what it was like when we were you know like i said when i because i'm a little older than you so when i was a kid you know in 1960 my parents moved in Ludlow neighborhood and, mm. and all the businesses were on buckeye and you know, and all the stuff that was going on. So it would be really nice to and, see. And that bare bone structure is still there. Yes. You know, you'd be hard pressed to find uh, some of the masonry work that, that yes. still exists there. I mean, those terraces and stuff, they remind me of a uh, Detroit Shoreway neighborhood. Mm -hmm. I can't think of another space that really has so much of its original, uh, um, you know, makeup still intact, you know, yeah. and or at least primed to be uh, to resuscitated, you yeah. know. So it's really a, a grandiose opportunity for folks to... Um, um, to have a a, a, a thriving uh, a black neighborhood, you yes, know, and that's exactly. something that really needs to be seized and understood. Yes. Um, but and in conversation, as I canvas and stuff, it feels that uh, again, it's, it's about what's been normalized. I yes. think that people are um, one of the buzzwords in the neighborhood is about is gentrification, yeah. you know, and uh, I think that people are um, well. I don't think I know that people are genuinely uh, concerned about uh, being pushed out of their neighborhood or mm -hmm. they're not being space carved out or any intentionality for them. Yeah. Um, but I was, yeah. I was going to say, because there's, there's plenty of storefronts Ooh. on Buckeye that no shortage be utilized. No shortage. <laughs> yeah, no shortage of yeah. them. You know, but um, yeah, I think that it's a collective effort. That's the only thing that really makes a master plan work is, yeah. is what's the collective effort look like. Um, what's really interesting for me is like, even with when working with like Buckeye Road Refresh, and, um, you know, projects like that, um, you know, I have to live in this space, too. Mm -hmm. And so if something isn't going to serve this neighborhood, I, you know, I'm the one getting eggs thrown at them, not anybody else. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? I'm the one that somebody's writing letters and stuff about. I mean, mm -hmm. these things are uh, this is real. So um, for me, uh, it's I always kind of have to move with a little bit more um, intention and just a, a, an understanding, and I just try to follow my heart with most of this most of this stuff. If it's if uh, I feel like I have to kind of force or rationalize uh, or reason my way into working with it, if it doesn't speak to me initially, yeah. I, I don't want to do it, you know. Yeah. But um, 
Yeah, that's why I usually always try to work with people. Um, people are like where the heartbeat is, and you can't make anything shake without people. That's you true. People. You sure can't. Yeah. Not a thing. Mm-mm. So now, let's talk about the Buckeye Summer Soul Series and yeah, yeah. the Juneteenth event that you're in. You're involved in both events. Yeah, shout out that. Um, <laughs> Juneteenth is probably like, uh, it makes all of the work worth it. Yeah. Um, Buckeye Summer Soul Series started um, maybe seven or eight years ago. I, a house was broken into, mm-hmm. like in November. And I remember walking around the neighborhood, and th- this had happened to me one time before, but I was able to get all my stuff back. I knew where it went. I knew who bought it. I knew where it was stored. You know, I knew everything in like an hour or so. And then um, after the fact, you know, and however many years later when this happened to me again, I looked around and I realized, wow, I don't know anybody. Mm. You know, I spent so much time, I'm, you know, I'm working 10, 11 hours or whatnot. I mean, it just, I didn't know anybody. Mm. And so... Um, I really wanted to create space where we can bump and spark. Mm-hmm. And um, the first event was uh, um, on 119th, and we also had one on 128th that year. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember Neighborhood Connections coming out. They were doing action clinics, and I had the uh, county land bank come out because all of a sudden there was a bunch of parcels on our street. And I wanted folks to buy these parcels, buy these side lots, you know. Mm-hmm. And what I realized was that people weren't, uh, they didn't have the same sort of perspective that I had. Yeah. But what we were able to create was that um, was space for people to just get to know one another. Like mm-hmm. there were under, uh, you know, like undercurrents of frustration that had gone unaddressed. And without us really kind of creating space, there were people who weren't able to kind of create this polite society that we all aspire to live in. Right. Because um, they just were, you know, in go mode. You know, human doings, not human beings. You know, mm-hmm. we're feeling this, these things inside of us and we're not allowed to uh, to address them or acknowledge them. Um, you know, what is it doing? You know, yes. and so... Um, what I think was just uh, more than anything, it was really restorative to the community, to the fabric of the of, of the streets that we hold hold these events on, mm-hmm. and it just kind of grew from that year on. Um, I think pre COVID, uh, or as I like to call it BC before COVID, right? Uh, <laughs> 2019, I yeah. think we did 11 events under the Buckeye Summer Soul Series uh, uh, umbrella, and Juneteenth being one of them. Last year. Juneteenth was the only event that we did, ah. and uh, to be honest with you, the impression that it made, it felt like it, it's you know it was all downhill from there. If we would have done another event, but mm-hmm. uh, we had a freedom walk from Benedictine to um, the Trumpet Man statue with uh, NAACP, New Era Cleveland supported, uh, Neighbor Up supported, of course. There was a bunch of like folks that again, 2020 vision. I think people kind of had this collective uh, awakening and, and just this understanding that wow, we really need to serve and do more for one another, yes. and. Uh, I think there were a lot of people that answered that calling. And so last year was just uh, just amazing. We welcomed thousands of people to that space. Oh, wow. uh, we actually made uh, the national news. And uh, it, was, it was just, you know, uh, it, now this year it feels like there's one on every corner. Juneteenth celebration on every corner. I mean, that's what we need, yeah. you know. And there the were, city of Cleveland is going to be doing a Juneteenth now. Yeah, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, you know, what I also say about this is that over the, um, over the last three or four years, our event has not featured any police presence, even last year. Yeah. And so that being a, a, a working model, uh, a point of reference, um, we were able to take that to city council and, and challenge the block party permit laws, you know, mm. which used to mandate that there were two um, um, badged police officers 
um, at each event. Mm-hmm. Now we know how um, some of these neighborhoods have, uh, you know, their relationships with police. Um, that's probably going to be the fork in the road right there. Like, eh, yeah, mm-hmm. maybe I won't do an official block party, you mm-hmm. know. And so, what does that open you up to? Yeah. Secondly, um, you know, at um, at their pay rate and um, based off the normal budget for a block party. I mean, it was looking the just paying for the officers' time was. Uh, on average, about a quarter of every uh, block party's budget. Wow! You know, so th- there's um, there's a lot to that. Um, you know, just by doing that, we understand and we recognize. You know, and on paper that may sound funny. That wow, an event with thousands of people on Buckeye with no police presence at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't. some place I want to go to. Right. But no, it's some place you should have been. Right. Um, because it was, uh, again, deeply restorative and it was centered around the humanity and the love that exists between one another. And um, that's something that's rare. And uh, what I am um, a firm believer in, um, you know, I've, I've worked with Circle to City with Love and Porch Fest and all mm-hmm. these other events we did. I used to work with uh, um, um, the, uh, Cleveland New Year's Eve. We brought Drew Carey downtown. We did that for about four or five years. We were mm-hmm. on Channel 19. I organized all this stuff with all these good people. Wow, and awesome. so I've got these experiences that just remind me that you know it's all possible with a few um, with a few people. Yes. Um, but more importantly, my time with Circle the City with Love reminds me that um, you know when we're all gathered in love or in you know uh, in a space that we can change those energetic fields in that space. Yeah. And so what are we cha- What are we leaving behind? Is this uh, as you know the the event, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, um, fades, you know, what, 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 what is that spirit still here? And even this year, you know, with a baby on the way, I can't say that I was really energized about taking on any, uh, any sort of work of this magnitude. It's a lot of work. Yes, it is. And, um, <laughs> ain't nobody can pay from this either. It's so let's, let me, let me say that it too. Is. It's it a is. lot of free labor. Yes, let me, let me say that. <laughs> That's right. And, um, um, but you know, it was all of the, just yesterday, I was taking my trash out and this lady came up to me and was like, are we doing a block party this year? And then my neighbor overheard her and was like, yeah, are we? And I said, oh man, I guess we are. Yeah, I guess it's happening, you know. But that spirit is very real. Yes. And, you know, if we don't create it, who will? That's right. And um, will, it, will it have the same sort of uh, uh, feel, vibe? Um, is the on-ramp going to look the same? Um it's just important for us to swing into action. And us as just common citizens, residents, removing our institutional hats and just being who we are. Let's bring our whole selves, uh, and all of our gifts and talents to these tables, and uh, let's figure out how we can work together. And I think that that's the spirit of, of, of Buckeye Summer Soul and the, uh, and, and the Juneteenth, more importantly, and uh, looking forward to doing another one this year. Yeah, and I'm and definitely looking forward to being there because I always enjoyed the jazz groups, the yeah. jazz series. Yeah. That was we, awesome. We've got a uh, um, we've got a band this year. Um, again, I'm big on intentionality. I probably said that word a few times now. If there's some sort of intentionality counter or something somewhere on this, <laughs> but the uh, uh, the jazz band that we have this year is the Lydian Jazz Band. Okay. And uh, the Lydian Jazz Band is comprised solely of uh, people who were exonerated by um, um, initiatives like the. Uh, Ohio Innocence Project. Okay. And so Raymond Towler, who's uh, at the uh, center of that um, jazz band, uh, mm-hmm. he did 30 years before he was exonerated. Wow. And uh, he was teaching music theory uh, while while uh, locked up wow. uh, with uh, to, to his fellow bandmates with a uh, um, few pieces of string on a cardboard uh, um, 
cutout. Mm. And with the strings, uh, you know, each one of them were numbered or lettered or whatnot, so mm -hmm. they could learn their um, learn how to play. And they play in Lydian, mm. so you know, the, hence the name. But um, these guys are transformative. Yes. And uh, we had a great conversation with them the other day. That'll be released in somehow, some way. Mm -hmm. um, but it was it was just great to have this free flowing conversation about uh, the evolution of oppression. And this line that just kind of links the black experience in America, you know. Um, so when we talk about you know freedoms and uh, that are enjoyed today, but uh, you know, and juxtaposed with uh, you know Juneteenth, yes. which is what we were all centered around. Mm -hmm. um, you also have to ask yourself, well, we're talking about freedom, but what does liberation look like? Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a big difference there. And if these gentlemen are, you know, uh, you know, they're working for 17 cent an hour, mm -hmm. and they're producing all sorts of stuff, and you know, and it's a lot to get into, but, yes. um, you know, when I think about Michelle Ale Alexander mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, she, uh, highlights is that there are more people in bondage, more black people in bondage today than there ever was in, during slavery times. Mm -hmm. So, um, there's a lot to really kind of, uh, to overstand and understand here. And yeah. it's important for us to really draw a connection between present day and the history, because that's where the phenomenal grasp is, is, is formed, you know? True. Wow. When you talk about your love for your brick street, which I do have a love for, for cobbled streets, I do. And yeah. why is it, I really, because when we lived in Glenville, you know, and you still have the cobbled streets over there. So, so why is that so meaningful for you? Because I love them too. Oh, it's a rarity. Yeah, it is. You know, and I think that it's exclusive to certain neighborhoods. Yes. I'm not sure why or how um, they were retained as such. You know, there are plenty of streets that are, are paved over mm -hmm. and you can kind of see them even when they're being repaved. Like, oh, mm -hmm. there's bricks underneath here, mm -hmm. you know? Or even some of these streets, like if I go up uh, 110th and Woodland or whatnot, you'll notice like there aren't jump stop curbs there. There's real limestone right there. Mm -hmm. And so you're just kind of able to see some of these like historic artifacts and just these reminiscences of how things used to be and yesteryear. And so I romanticized with those sorts of things. As a kid, I used to watch a lot of uh, Nick at Night, Patty Duke and <laughs> all of that my stuff. favorite shows too. Oh, oh, I used God. to love all you that stuff. Uh, I was wearing full set pajamas. Shout out to Rob Petrie. He was my favorite <laughs> guy ever. And so I just, re I romanticized with these ideas of just uh, common life and, and a good old slice of Americana. I think that there's a simplicity that I've never really enjoyed mm -hmm. or understood there, but I think that it's something that uh, just always aspire to. And uh, so for me, I think the the brick road just reminds me of what was yeah. and uh, how important it is to just sustain it. And it can, it can last forever yeah, and that goes with, with anything but um the, the brick road just has so much character to it, it really and does. uh it's you know there's it, it nothing like it also um you know it, you got to respect the brick road also yes. uh, i'm pretty sure i was uh i've i've uh suffered a uh um a concussion or two as a kid on that brick road you know <laughs> um, but i loved it just the same i couldn't ride my bike on it in the rain you can't run on it in the yeah. rain you have to respect the brick yeah. road and so i think that it definitely gave us um some balance as children yeah. um where you know we just had to uh, adhere to whatever the brick road was allowing us if it was too slick out there well we better learn how to play cards or something like that you know right. that, that was what we had to do so um i just i i, I love it um me too i love them yeah, I wish they, that there were more of them, to be honest with you. I wish that there was a, and that there was a, uh, um, some sort of like historical markers or something to just kind of represent. Uh, yeah. I looked up some of the, uh, um, there, uh, there's some inlays on some of the bricks or whatnot. So I looked it up and one of them's from like Kenton, Ohio Brick Company or whatnot. And I found out that they were producing like 
uh, an absurd amount of, of, of bricks uh, in, in, in the country domestically. Mm-hmm. And this place was right here in Northeast Ohio, yeah. you know, and, uh, and it just helps to build this relationship with uh, what went into building these neighborhoods and these streets and, uh, man, the city even. And, you know? and just that art form of being able to lay those bricks. Yeah. And they still... They're still they're still there. They're still there, right? You don't have to no no potholes. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's you don't right. Have to pull any you know any asphalt over them. They're still there. And they're still lovely. That's right. And yeah. I've and look, I've seen a lot of uh, M80s and and loud firecrackers blowing up on those bricks, and they're still standing there. You yep. know, things that should have uh, would have done wreaked <laughs> havoc on any other structure. Right. Um, those bricks are still there. So yeah. Uh, yeah, let's hold on to that good yeah, stuff. I love them too. So now you describe your neighborhood as feeling like a small town. Why is that? I think it's probably because uh, I've spent so much time in it. You know, I think that there's value to staying in place. And so wherever I go in the neighborhood, I'm going to see somebody I know. I don't have to walk around and, you know, be surprised by anybody. The other day I was doing some canvassing uh, like eight in the morning. And everyone who was like yelling at me, like, uh, who was that in my yard? Who was that? It was someone I knew. <laughs> <laughs> so I was able to kind of get off pretty good out there. But, yeah. you know, it just reminded me like, wow, I've got value out here. You know, right. I've got I've got valuable relationships out yeah. here, you know, and it's 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 worth holding on to. And it's something I just don't want to let go. As a kid um, going to Our Lady of Peace, my uh my second grade teacher went to school, I mean, went to, uh, to church with me, and she lived around the corner. Her son was one of my best friends. We used mm-hmm. to ride our bikes over there. Most of the kids in the neighborhood all, yeah. all went to school together. I mean, um, we all kind of had these collective experiences, you know, as a result. And um, there were a lot of people that have stayed in place there. Yes. Um, and some of them aren't afforded the luxury of being able to work in a neighborhood like I am. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I just love connecting those dots and um, just, again, just going deep. I just love deep relationships. There's nothing like it, you know. That's true. Um, when it's time for us to uh, kind of activate around something, whether it's an idea or an offense, um, it's those deep relationships that always respond first and foremost, you know. And those are just so important to forge uh, in, in uh, um, diverse, quote-unquote, air quotes, uh, <laughs> neighborhoods like, like yeah. uh, Buckeye Shaker, Buckeye Woodland area. So um, I love it. Uh, I could stand on my grandparents' street on Rose Hill. And yeah. Just I did that the other day just talking to someone. It was like... Like four cars that stopped. I was like, man, I haven't seen you in a minute. I was like, yeah, you know. So just good, just, you know, yeah. sometimes you want to go where everybody knows, knows your, your name. name. That's right. <laughs> That's the truth. That's that right. is absolutely the truth. It's real. It's real. Now, how can people contact you for your community engagement expertise and get involved with activities in Buckeye? Um, I don't know, you know, <laughs> but I don't think anybody's got any issues finding me at all. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm on the internet. My phone is usually uh, uh, off, and uh, so <laughs> usually the only thing that I respond to is uh, like Instagram comments or maybe tw- Twitter okay. or something like that. But okay. um, I live in my email. Um, yeah, I'm not hard to find. The okay. people don't have any problem finding me at okay. all for some reason. Right. Well, I'd like to go and hide in sometimes. I will listen. I can understand. <laughs> I yeah. really can. Yeah. I really, really can. Yeah, it may be kind of hard to uh, to imagine, but um, uh, I, I feel like I am um, I'm not a social butterfly. I feel like circumstances kind of thrusting me into this space where I have to be comfortable with like talking mm-hmm. about stuff. But mm-hmm. really, I, I just like to play the background. I like. Uh, I don't want to be center. Uh, stay. I'm least comfortable being in center stage. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't want anyone to think that I represent the neighborhood on any level. Um, there are people that, uh, that do way more than I do, and um, deserve all the credit for what they do. And I just think that 
you know, I just, uh, I don't know. I, I, I just try to back away as, from, as much from, from any sort of limelight as possible. I, I really just, I, I would like to just blend into the crowd of people who care, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I like that. Well, listen, you, you've thrown out so many lines that go good on this T-shirt today. <laughs> so when I'm listening to this again, I'm going to write them down. Yeah, that's what we need to tell. You. We need to tell, tell some folks where to find these shirts because yeah. we got about six we got to create well, off listen, of this podcast. Like I t- I'm trying to tell you, but I listen to it again, okay, before we post it. So yeah. I'm going to write them down and I'm going to email them to you because you, you said some really fantastic things today. Hey, well, look, we'll make sure that we get a good uh, we get a good shipment to you and then uh, on each one of these podcasts, we... <laughs> Shameless promotion. Yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> Seriously, I'm always shamelessly promoting the podcast all I'm the time. Man, that's what it takes. You know. So listen, I would like to thank my guest, Mr. Julian Kahn, for visiting with us today. I have really enjoyed our conversation. Oh, vice versa. Thank you for your time. <laughs> oh, really. listen, I thank you. Yeah. I would like to leave our audience with a quote from my guest today. The neighborhood educated me. The neighborhood raised me. I've worked in the neighborhood and continue to work in the neighborhood. It's a part of me because it's extended so much to me in my life. I would like to thank our audience for stopping by today. We appreciate your support. Please join us again as we continue our conversation with Cleveland residents who are making positive contributions to their neighborhoods in our city. Visit Neighborhood Connections website to see all of our community engagement activities and opportunities. If you have a great idea and you'd like to do something positive for your community, contact Neighborhood Connections at 216-361-0042 or send us an email at www.neighborhoodgrants.org and like us on Facebook. Get informed, get involved, get connected. I'm Carol Malone, your host. Thank you for joining me today on Neighborhood Spotlight. Neighborhood Spotlight is sponsored by Neighborhood Connections and the City of Cleveland Cable Television Minority Arts and Education Fund in association with Bad Rack Recording Studios. Executive producer, creator, writer, host, Carol Malone. Co-producer, Lila Mills. Engineer James Cananan, photography, social media, Vince Robinson. We're just a homemade, handmade podcast from scratch. Please share our positive stories with neighbors, family, and friends, and on your social media. Thank you for listening, and neighbor up. <laughs>